Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 47 of A View to a Cocker Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Ninja Sentai Cocker Ranger. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how you doing today? Not bad, man. Just got back, took the twins for a walk, had a really nice time, uh, beat the rain, which I am pretty sure is about to hammer us. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. I'm uh, looking out my window right now. It is getting pretty gray. Yeah, so, uh, but yeah, we got in a nice walk, and the twins were super happy, and I got an oatmeal raisin scone at the, I, f- I fell down on that Trim Healthy Mama, but that scone was so good. Dude, oatmeal raisin is a beautiful flavor combination. Anyone it really, says, really is. Anybody who says that they should put chocolate chips in their oatmeal uh, Madness. I'll tell you what, let's, let's bring back an old favorite here, Dave. Those folks can go suck a lemon, because oatmeal well, raisin is let's... the way to go. Let's hold up. Uh, nope, my wife not holding up. Chocolate. Listen, Dave. Anyways, listen. Uh, we are sort of on a time crunch this week, so which means that this is an editing light episode, which means that we oh. do not have time to go back and redo that take where I accidentally insulted your wife, who I love. Yeah, this fun train is not going to stop. So just uh, get on board with your tickets. <laughs> just get up on it. Just get up on it. Uh, Get on that train and ride it. Speaking, Dave, of getting on that train and riding it, um, what the train that we are riding today is episode forty-seven of Ninja Sentai Cocker Ranger. It is called the One Hundred Burst Human Fireworks. But before we get into that, Dave, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. What a what, brother of mine, is our first star of the week. Well, this kind of plays into why we're having... This is sort of a last-minute, last-ditch. This is literally um, last-minute. Like, this might this be is, the latest we have ever recorded an yeah, episode of this show. Not, Mark is a superman uh, of editing, which is great, and we appreciate him so much. Uh, because we're back at school. Well, I'm back at school. Many people are back at school. And I'm one of those people. I'm one of the... So, yeah, school year started. And it's uh, it's weird. How's it treating you? It's actually really good. I'm having a very good year so far. I dig all my classes. Um, all the I, I'm I'm getting to teach one of my favorite classes this year, which is an only like an every other year class. Oh, nice! And it's a yeah. Well, it's a second year course for theater, and there's not always enough kids that want to take it that that like it would be justifiable to teach it every year. So I only teach it every other year, but it's a ton of fun because it's always. Kids that I know that I know are enthusiastic who who want to do it, and I've like worked with a bunch of them in shows, so it's a much more like interesting, casual. It's a very uh, college college class vibe, and they have okay, a lot of fun. I can dig that. Fun. So that's cool. We are nice. in a new building. They oh, finally, yeah, that's uh, right. yeah, they finished this enormous renovation on this building, and it's it's weird. Because people keep, okay, so people obviously are asking how it is. They're like, how is the new building? Because we as a community spent many, 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 many dollars on it. And well, here, uh, let me the, let me take their place right now in this moment. Dave, how is it? Wow, you know, man, it's, it's like 95% amazing. I mean, that's a pretty it's, good number. It is a pretty good number. Like, what's, I, just, I mean, what's the, the problem with because, the 5% though? Like, well, is it 95% just, amazing and 5% like... 
a weird basement where like a shadowy organization dwells or is Man, it five percent no, because that would not unless you count the the tech crew uh they are a weird <laughs> shot anyways so no 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 it's like it's like mostly good but there's a couple of okay for example none of the windows have screens just none there's just nothing oh there's like no safety bars and the windows do lock from the inside which is good but uh and these are not you know how like in most institutions the windows only open so far so you can't like throw your backpack at someone from the third floor or whatever yeah i mean uh, these windows, it's not something i'm normally trying to do but i understand how that would be a restriction right and uh these windows don't do that but they do just open all the way and there's nothing that kids could just Literally, if you're on the first floor, a kid could just literally jump out the window. I mean, I guess they could jump out any window they wanted, but they would have hey, a when better we were chance in high school, surviving. somebody jumped out the window on the second floor. That's true. That's true. Uh, Our old friend Jim. Jim. Yeah, and uh, so it's, that's just a bad... And we went to a very well-behaved school. Much better behaved than the school I teach at. <laughs> and so it's just going to happen, and somebody should have thought of that. It's like the architects don't, like, they just don't know high schoolers, which is insane because, like, their whole jam is that they design school buildings, uh, and you would have think. And it's just, it's like little things like that. But other than that, the building is, is big and beautiful, and the auditorium is amazing, which is, uh, which is rad. Then I'm back to school, and I'm, you know, shaping hearts and minds. You know, it's just, uh, just how I do. Just very how I exciting, do, Dave. Very exciting. It is. It's very cool. Uh, so what, Matt, is our second... Wouldn't it be cool, listeners? Wouldn't you have loved to have had me as a high school teacher? Like, just, how to say? Not no, to because when horn. I was in high school, you were also in high school. You would have been a terrible teacher. Well, okay, yes. But imagine some time hinkiness. Let me just... I'm ex- Like, if you listen to the podcast, I feel like you have a really good idea as to kind of how my classroom rolls. Uh, it's great. I'm very... I like my job a lot. It's Matt. What? <laughs> what? Matt is our second star of the week. Wow, that first star went long. We got to move faster. Okay, speaking of things that we like a lot. Um, uh, so, you know, so, yes, ourselves first and foremost, and this show secondarily, it is, of course, uh, the greatest show on earth. Imagine, though, if you will, Dave, that there were other shows out there that people could be listening to. I, mean, I don't know why they would. But let's imagine hypothetically that that were a possibility. No, I can I can get there. I can get there. We only produce an hour of content a week, Matt. Yeah, but I mean, you're probably going to listen to it at least two or three times to catch all the nuances. Yeah, okay. So let's just imagine there's a, sh- a world in which you would prioritize another. It's a very easy world to imagine. <laughs> anyway, um, the, the, the thing that I am sort of circling around is that the first campaign arc of the Adventure Zone ended this week. Now, oh, Dave, no kidding. did you listen to that program? I am. I've actually just recently started because our sister Katie, and I know you've been recommending it, and so you should get the credit, but it's because Katie recommended it. Well, you know, I feel like if I recommend a Dungeons & Dragons thing to you, you're like, oh, sure, well, Matt likes Dungeons & Dragons. It's probably fine. Ex- precisely. If our sister recommends a Dungeons & Dragons thing to you, I imagine that sticks out a bit more because... I mean, until very recently, we'll talk about this in our next star, um, like, she was not a Dungeons & Dragons person. Correct. Um, anyway, so I just want to say, like, listen, you you are all currently listening to a podcast, which means that there is a higher than 
like average chance it's a that very you, very good chance that, like you already listened to that podcast as well uh but if for some chance you are not like dude listen to it okay let me give you three bullet points on why you should listen to it yeah, one Matt, every everybody knows who the McElroy brothers are like just uh, if you listen to podcasts okay and but they're I, not our mother okay but i'm trying to tell you oh i guess tell our mother as well yeah, because uh, she's listening to this, and I think it's hey, the only mom. one she listens to. Hello, mom. Uh, we'll we'll see you soon. Um, <laughs> anyway, the three things: one, they like you know, it's the McElroy brothers. They're very funny people. It's a fun show to listen to. Uh huh. Two, like the story, like the overarching story of this campaign that um, Griffin, who's running the game, put together, is very good. Like it's you're early on in the show where it is still like very fun. But as you listen to it, you will realize that it's not just fun. It's also like a very good story. And number oh, three. Nice. Is that like these dudes just play really dope Dungeons and Dragons. Like the way that they play Dungeons and Dragons is really compelling for a, like for me who likes to play Dungeons and Dragons. The stuff that they do in that game is super like, oh yeah, that's a really fun, interesting way to engage the rules and engage this problem they're just it's it's great it's great on all those levels and it is so great in fact dave that it leads us into our third star which is our third star is dungeons and dragons yes well specifically uh, no, our sister as we said listened to all of the adventure zone in like a month and then yep. decided that like oh like this dungeons and dragons thing that seems like it's sort of got legs Right. Well, we had been saying for ages and ages, actually in much the same way that I listened to her recommendation on the podcast, she listened to the McElroy's recommendation about Dungeons and Dragons. Like we had been telling her for literal years how much fun Dungeons and Dragons was. And then she listened to the podcast and was like, well, Matt and Dave obviously have been telling me to play Dungeons and Dragons, but they're giant nerds. Which I mean, but this, hurtful, but fair. True. <laughs> Uh, and like, you know, but if this podcast had a lot of fun, then let's, it would be fun. So we are, so we're playing Dungeons and Dragons. And first of all, man, it's been a while since I played Dungeons and Dragons. Dave, Dungeons and Dragons is the best. It's so great, you guys. Like there are even other games that I might, like that I sort of recognize objectively are better and maybe even have a a warmer, eh, I'm not going to say that, but I do sort of dig more. Like rather famously, we really, really love famous in a very, very small context. Uh, we love Mage, uh, the White Wolf game Mage. But there's just something about Dungeons & Dragons, man. Yeah, well, because I think every other game, like every other role-playing game, is a variation on, like, the thing. But Dungeons & Dragons is the thing. Like, that's It's just the, the thing role itself, game. yeah. And it's, and it's so, super fun, yeah. man. Like, you just, we're, there's a, you, you've got a wizard and a bard and a rogue. And I, because Dungeons & Dragons is really designed for four people, I, even though I'm running the game, I am running a, a fighter just to kind of run along with you guys who doesn't make any decisions. Which He's I really appreciate. Uh, because yeah, yeah, as, yeah, you, yeah. as you mentioned, we are playing a wizard and a rogue and a bard, which are not yeah, super, it, like, super tough. You games. guys are real, real squishy. But so we're playing Dungeons & Dragons, and it is, it's, it's so, so much fun. And... Listen, if you've never played Dungeons and Dragons before, guys, Fifth Head, like the most recent thing, it's super easy. Like it's a really easy onboard. The rules are very simple. Just get some friends. Get some friends and like have rad adventures and play Dungeons and Dragons. It's a very just good do time. It. Just just do that thing. Speaking of things to do, Dave, um, what? I, I, I wait. What is our fourth star? Did that transition make any sense? What's our fourth star? Uh, well, it's a. Th- 
there's activities. Sur- it's the eclipse, Matt. There were a lot of activities. Oh, surrounding that's the right. I don't know that you. Would, I don't know how I, I forgot go the, eclipse. the eclipse. Yeah, I don't know that you would go do the eclipse unless you somehow were a celestial body yourself. I mean, I guess every time case, I mean, you cast for a shadow, wow! Every time you cast a shadow, you are in a way your own tiny eclipse. Right, like this was the total eclipse, like the total solar eclipse. But anytime I'm out on a sunny day, it's always a total matte eclipse. It's yeah, it's true. Standing, like you were like sort of behind me. Right. Yeah. 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 Um. So it was the eclipse, eclipse, which is a very, mat. very. It's a very. <laughs> it's a cool thing, man. And uh, you know, I know eclipses happen around the world on a slightly more regular basis. But this one was the first one that you could see kind of in its totality in America, in the continental U.S. In, and so in, that's a very in cool like thing. like 38 years, I think, was the last time that there had been one. Yeah, it was like a really long prominently time. prominently shown in the U.S. Although the next one is going to be in seven years and it's going to be right over Cleveland. And I'm super excited about it. Because here we got like an 80% totality, which is cool. But like the yeah. sun is extremely bright. And so even if 80% of it is covered up, like, it's still pretty bright. It's still very, very bright. And also, uh, Cleveland does just tend to be a... Cleveland's very cloudy and gray. Mm -hmm. And so if it's not that total eclipse action, it's hard to tell the difference between just an, an eclipse and, like, an unusually but not, like, super noteworthily cloudy day in just in Cleveland. Yeah. I mean, we I did get the glasses. Um, oh, I did. It was like in the middle of a school day, and I don't teach science, so I just was doing. Yeah, I'm other sure stuff. all your. I'm sure all the science classes just like went outside to go look at it for a minute. Yeah, they um, went ham on that thing. They had a lot of yeah, fun. It's amazing. Uh, but no, we. Uh, I I got a couple of. I got a pair of the glasses, and then at work, a bunch of us went outside, like for the like five to ten minutes when it was sort of at its peak. The peak. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was cool. You know, like, you look through the glasses. The problem that they don't tell you with the glasses is, is that they are so dark and so shielded. Because, as aforementioned, the sun is incredibly bright. And so it makes yes, sense. Yes, just so, so bright. But, like, when you're looking through the glasses, you don't see the sky. You don't see the world around you. Because everything else is blacked out. All you see is, like, the sliver of the sun that is showing up, like, behind the eclipse. And so I'm just <laughs> looking through these glasses. Anything dimmer than the sun is, is blanked out. Right, so basically, I'm just looking through these glasses at, like, a weird, like, crescent shape that's glowing. But, like, it's not in, like, it doesn't look as cool as I wanted it to. So, hopefully, well, in the next seven, like, in seven years, when it's the totality, you can just, like, experience it more. Hopefully, like, by the next one after that, they will have improved those glasses technology so that I'm not just looking at a black piece of plastic with a glowing, like, orange thumbnail clipping on it. I literally don't even know how you could improve... I don't that. know, man. They've got a lot of years to figure it out. Well, they have seven. That's how many. That's how many years. There's a lot of cool pictures, man. Look at some of the neat NASA posted some amazing pictures. Anyway, eclipses are very cool. The sun gets covered up for a minute, and it's bonkers. Um, yeah, that's uh, so. Speaking of things that we tried to watch and didn't really get a super oh, great nice view on. Yeah, thank you. I was actually thinking about that, and it came to me right at the last moment. So, Mayweather versus McGregor, that fight just happened. You may have heard about it. You may have watched it, but I think what's more likely is that you may have tried to watch it, because that's what we did, and it did not work out even a little bit. 
Yeah, so we're not going to talk about the fight because you could just look that up. Um, but so our buddy Tim calls us a couple like a week before, and he says, "Hey, I just looked up the BW three by me is showing the fight. Says so on the website. Let's go check out the fight." Cool, Tim. That'll be super fun. And it was late enough at night that the babies were asleep, and his baby was asleep, and we could all hang out. It's gonna be great. And I don't have any babies, so I was pretty much good to you go. You have no babies, and so we were uh, out at BW. We went to BW three. BW three, by the way, is actually Buffalo Wild Wings. It hasn't been BW three in about ten years. So if you were a young oh, person, that's I what think we're talking even longer about. than that. So Buffalo Wild Wings, and so we go, and I walk in, and the fight's not on, which is weird. But I'm the first one there, so I'm like looking around. And uh, and then I see like uh, you guys show up and then we walk in and we're like, hey, uh, we noticed you don't have the fight on anywhere. Are you guys like you're showing the fight the website said so. And the hostess says, oh, no, we're not. And then she points and taped to the hostess, not even in like a stand on it, just like taped to the front at like waist level is just a printed piece of paper like a real says, like laser jet job this was not a right, fancy not sign even, like colored paper and it just says sorry for any inconvenience but we're not showing the fight tonight we're like oh well okay awesome later so we nuts leave. to you yeah so we walk out we're like looking around for who is gonna show like who's showing the fight and we find a couple places that are like close enough to drive to and so we call and we say hey just to confirm you are showing the fight and everybody says oh yeah we are but there's a $25 cover. And not like $25 to get in, but there's like drink tickets. We just want to make sure you spend money. Like $25 tickets, and then you would have to buy drinks after that. Right. And so we said, because uh, there were three of us. Um, yeah. And so we that said, would be $75. And we said, like, well, the fight is $100, and we will spend much less on beers if we just go back to Tim's place and watch it there. Yeah. So Tim, very generously, uh, he says, listen, it's in my, I'll just, I was like, you guys buy the beer. You guys buy the beer. I'll buy the fight. We'll go back to my place. We'll watch the fight. So we go, we buy some beers. We get back to Tim's place and we try, I kid you not. You may have had this same experience. I think no less than five different services, legal services. Sure. It was to a try and get this fight. It was like we tried the Showtime app, uh-huh. the UFC app, HBO, HBO, and then we tried them again on his. Like we tried them on his Xbox, and then yeah. we tried them again on his Roku, and nothing and worked. Everybody's servers were wanked. Like there was so much traffic trying to get to this thing. They just I don't know. I heard they actually ended up delaying the fight because of it. Oh really? Yeah, because so many people like nobody's. I don't know if anybody's broadcasting over the airwaves anymore. Like everybody's doing this digitally through the internet and their servers just got jacked and they couldn't, they couldn't broadcast the thing. You know, so I, we tried yeah. for an hour and then eventually just said, you know what, man, uh, it's already 10 o'clock, but let's just drink these beers. Like, let's just hang out on the porch and drink these beers. So we completely gave up on the fight. And, and I realized and later pleasant evening. that like, Although Tim's offer was very generous, Tim accidentally made a very good gamble when he said that he would buy the fight and we would buy the beers. Because what ended up actually happening is that we all just drove to Tim's house, bought him some beer, and then drank it, and then left him there. He didn't have to go anywhere. He didn't have to spend any money. He didn't have to, like, you know, change his pants or anything. Like, literally, we just went to his house, brought beer, hung out for two hours, and left. So that's well, you got you got us this time too. <laughs> this time, 
<laughs> um, okay. Well, Matt, that is going to do it for these five stars. Yes, we are going to take a break. We are going to watch episode 47, and we will be right back. Ninja, ninja! All right, so welcome back. We have just finished watching episode 47 of Ninja Sentai Kaki Ranger. Um, Dave, can you give us like a... If you were going to give this episode one bullet point... I'm sorry, I'll give you two bullet points. What would you say? Okay, Matt, uh, the first is... I'm just going to use the title, The 100 Burst Human Firework, because I feel like it actually sums up amazingly, I promise you, that title does in fact sum up this episode pretty well. It does, although if the episodes in Super Sentai were titled in the same way that episodes from Rocky and Bowinkle were, I think that the episode title would be The 100 Burst Human Firework, or That's Not What Firemen Do. Yeah, that's true. So my second bullet point is Shredder Fireman. Fireman Shredder. He's very Shredder. Okay, let's just get into this. Okay, so this episode, we open up and we see it's like a warehouse and there's an old man and he sort of like sneaks out of the warehouse. He looks very suspicious. And then he kind of ducks back into the warehouse and it looks like it's some kids, but it's it's not. It's... It's a, I don't know why I said that, because I could have just told you that it was adults. But it looked like kids at first to me, and I just wanted to let you in on the process. Well, wait, hold on a second. In my notes, they are kids. So I don't... Maybe some of them are kids? I think that they're all kids. This is, okay, what, well, this is the of sort of conversation you adult. get on a light editing episode. But I am fairly certain that when he goes back, he, like he's grandpa-aged... And in fact, is a grandpa. Uh, but when he gets back, everyone else in that factory are children. Okay. So it is kids. So he kind of like ducks back in. He's like, all right, the coast is clear. Like time to escape. So they go to leave and they're sort of like sneak running away. Mm-hmm. There's no guards at all. And then a dude who looks like the, the shadow. Yeah, appears, sort of like the shadow. I mean, he's got the no cloak. Scarf. He's got the hat. He's, he's a shadow with no scar. Imagine if Liam Neeson's Darkman had a regular face. It's those clo- like that clothing. Mm, nice pull. So he appears, and he shoots them with his cane gun. He's got a cane that's also a gun. Which is pretty rad. And then he says, Katsu, he turns to the old man, and he says, Katsu, you broke your promise. So I am going to kill your granddaughter. Your beloved granddaughter. Beloved granddaughter. And then he says, I want fireworks. 100 100 continuous blast firework. Title sequence. Right. So So we we got away from here to a playground where a bunch of children are playing as they are wont to do. Right, in the playground. Except for one child who is there, but she's not playing. She's not. So she's dressed in like a just a weird. She's like a full skirt with like a handkerchief and a long sleeved shirt. It's kind of an odd, like weirdly European look. It and is. And she's yeah, which I mean makes sense for what they're about to say. And the little kids roll up and they're like, "You look like Ander like Hans Christian Andersen. You look like Andersen's little match girl." Which 
just nah, man. Okay. No, now, no way in a million years is like that the reference here's the that an eight-year-old, an eight-year-old Japanese kid pulls. If this show were set in Copenhagen, maybe. Maybe. Here, here is what I love about this moment is that, like, it, it, like she is holding a basket full of matchbooks. So, like, just keep that sort of in the back of your mind for a moment. Yeah, none of which match, by the way. How do you mean? I mean, they like are... none of the matchboxes. It's not like they have like a hundred of the same matchbook. Oh, I see what it's you're just saying. Like you're using a different, a different version of the word match. Okay. Oh yeah, none I got of them very are confused identical. for a moment. That's understandable. But no, it's just like somebody had a big bin of like out of their junk drawer of matches, and they're just like, ah, just use these. That's what they're using. It is almost as though the the writers of this episode. It's getting near the end of the season, right? And so they're sitting around like, well, gosh, what have we done? We've done, like, the Minotaur cowboy who wants to start a theme park. Man, I forgot about that guy. Uh, we've already done, um, you know, like, all this other stuff. Like, what are we going to do next? And they're sitting around the office, and they look over to, like, one dude's desk. And that dude is the guy who every bar he goes to collects the matchbooks, and he keeps them in, like, a big jar. And they say, like... I don't know. Can we do something with matches? Like I don't know. Maybe. I mean, we've got a bunch of matches, and, and then, then they this just is what and they then come they up with. back engineered the entire episode from that moment. Because when they get to this point and they say, "Oh, you look like Hans Christian Andersen's little matchstick girl," the girl does not look like Hans Christian Andersen's little matchstick girl. But they need to make sure that the viewers at home know that she is meant yeah. to look like Hans Christian Andersen's little matchstick girl. Right. Because well, the next all... thing she does is pull out a book of matches and light one, and otherwise, yeah. none of this would make any sense. Yeah, well, as first of all, uh, the little girl is Japanese. Sure, so she doesn't look exactly like Hans Christian Andersen's little matchstick girl. Yeah, well, it's just there's a fairly stark difference to begin with. And so she lights this match, and then there's actually a pretty cool effect. Like, the match flame becomes giant. Like, and giant then... and clearly animated. Oh, yeah, 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 sorry, this is not a practical effect. And then a monster that is best described as... Shredder had a love child with like a fire truck transformer. See, I, I was thinking of it as someone who designed a fireman outfit by like they saw a picture of a fireman and they heard the words but had no idea what a fireman was. And so this is a dude who is made out of fire who is kind of dressed like, you know, like a fireman. That, oh, yeah, okay, that also works. I feel like if you're imagining something right in between there, you're probably nailing it. Yeah, like, and it's a so, very cool monster design. It Yeah, it actually is pretty rad. So the fire monster, uh, like, attacks, and the little girl runs away. But the, the fire monster specifically, like, sort of scares all the children, and so they all go off running in the same direction. Yes. Except the little match girl. Right. Who sort of, like, dips off to the side. And uh, Surihime finds her, and she also immediately identifies her as the little... She's like, oh, you look just like the little match girl, which, again... You know, the reference that everyone's constantly making. Right. So they all kind of... The rangers following Surihime all sort of, like, split off, okay? Mm-hmm. And then Sasuke, we flip scenes, and then Sasuke is the one who finds the little match girl. The, her name, by the way, is Nozomi. Oh, yeah, we do not find that out until way later, but it'll make life easier. So yeah. Nozo- so Sasuke walks up to Nozomi, and he's like, hey, 
Uh, like there was like, a monster cool? there earlier and everyone ran away. Like what's going on? Are you cool? Is everything safe? She yeah. does not speak again. Um, pulls out another match and lights it. And once again, this like fire monster comes out of it. Same well, we do monster. see real. It is. We do see real quickly, Matt, that Sasuke sees. He like looks close into the fire, and then we see the monster superimposed over the match flame. Oh, so Sasuke yeah. figures out. Yeah, Sasuke figures out that somehow the monster is like contained in the flame. Or I think what we actually have to assume, because we'll find some stuff out later, is that he can teleport, use like from one fire to another. Right, and he is using this as like a. A, a method by which to like jump around. Yeah, because it he says like, oh, it's trapped in there, which we find out later is definitely not true. But yeah, he can like teleport through the medium of fire, which is neat. So the yokai appears. Uh, its name is Kasha, the pyromaniac. Oh, there is one great element of its costume that we forgot. So it's wearing like a fireman's helmet. Uh huh. And the fireman's helmet on the on the plate on the front. It just says Mad Fire 87. <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, which is fantastic. So he's Kasha the Pyromaniac, and I, I forget, I think he literally is just like a, a yokai that sets stuff on fire. Yeah, you got it. So, so he shows up, they fight for a minute. He ends yep. up like running away, not like because he is afraid, but because he wants to go like kidnap more children. Because yeah, that's what his does, gem is right now, is he's kidnapping a bunch of children. Yeah, and he says something about fireworks are best when they're launched into the winter sky. Like, this is his like this is his primary goal, is to launch fireworks during the winter. Now, why would he have such a specific goal, Dave? It is I almost as though there is an interesting backstory to this. An interesting and completely inexplicable backstory, which we will get to. I promise you. So, uh, Sasuke, like, uh, Tsurihime shows up because they've been fighting Kasha, and then they immediately unhang it and they turn back to talk to the girl. And they say, like, hey, kind of like, what's, like, what's going on? Who are you? What's the deal with this monster? And she says, well, this monster has mm-hmm. captured my grandfather. Katatsu, Gojuru Katatsu. Okay, I was going to say, I hope that you got his name because I 100% did not. Yeah, Gojuru Katatsu. Sasuke does know his name because he says, oh my gosh. Flips out. Like, you mean the famous pyrotechnician? Because as it turns out, Sasuke is like a huge fireworks head. Like, he is in the fan community for fireworks. And this dude is like the most famous pyrotechnician in Japan. Dude, I, okay, first of all, I desperately hope that this is a real thing. Like, I'm sure it's gotta be. Like, there's gotta be people that are that into fireworks. Mm -hmm. Second of all, and I recognize that this is almost impossible, but I really, really hope Gojiro Katatsu, like, even if the name isn't real, that they got the dude who is the best pyrotechnician in Japan and got him to, like, guest spot on this show. That would be very fun. So Sasuke, yeah, is a giant fireworks nerd. He's like, no way. Like, he's super stoked. And he says, wait a minute. Wasn't there some tragedy at your grandfather's fireworks factory? Yeah. So, Which the- seems disingenuous to me. Because if he knows who this dude is based purely on his, like, fireworks prowess, I feel like he probably knows the details of the 
factory tragedy. Yeah, he's reading the firework like trade magazines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he goes to the shows. So, so what, what had happened explains. is that like there was an explosion at the like the, there was a fire at the fireworks factory, which, as I'm sure you could guess, does not end well for anyone inside the fireworks factory. No, that no, is, it does not. Her parents worked in the fireworks factory, so they right. died. And yeah, like she, she has is... been like under the care of her grandfather since then. Yeah, we find out that she is Gojiro. Gojiro is her paternal grandfather. Right. Okay. But he so... really wants to go back to making fireworks. Um, and as soon as she says that, Sasuke's like, yes, that is what we, the fireworks fans, also want. Please. Right, just like, Sasuke, slow your roll, dude. She is talking about her parents dying. So it's just got to see those she, big, beautiful colors, Dave. She explains further. She says, listen, uh, a, a dude with a cape who we recognize, and there's a flashback that we recognize as the monster from before. Wait, spoilers. That guy is Kasha the Pyro. Like, it's not a huge surprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she says, that dude, this caped, of course, she doesn't know that, but she says, this caped man took my grandfather and he said he was going to come back pretty soon. He just had to do a thing. And I, it's not actually very clear, like, what the dude offers Gojiro. But the point is, is that Gojiro goes with him, but then does not come back. Right. So then, like, she is just sort of, like, stuck in this spot. Um, but later is revisited by this dude who, as, as I said, is Again, Kasha. As we said, is Kasha. So Kasha comes back to her in his human form and says, listen, here's the deal. Um, if you ever want to see your grandfather again, you need to go out and, like, gather children for me. So that, like, I can have them all at my place and then eventually my plan will be done and you can have your grandfather back. So that is what right. she was doing at the park and why she was, like, summoning Kasha to attack these children. Like, she is yeah. not evil. She's being, like, blackmailed, basically. It is also, it is not clear who came up with the little match girl costume. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's her gimmick. Like, he gave I... her some, he gave her a lot of latitude. Like, listen, I want you to kidnap children for me. However you want to do it, that's up to you. Run with that's it. That's on you. I do, I, I hope that she came up with the costume, because the alternative is uh, very unsettling. The alternative is that Kasha just has a whole wardrobe full of little girls' clothing, like for yep. use in his evil plans. Yeah, so which let's is just not... assume that that was her trying to have some fun with a bad situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, definitely mm-hmm, digging my heels in on that one. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so Sasuke figures out he has. I can only describe it as like he just spends an inspiration point to get some information from the GM because he just turns mm-hmm. almost looking at the camera and says, I figured out what Kasha wants. Human fireworks. Which I mean, sure. Why not? He doesn't explain. He doesn't explain what that is. Nor does the episode for a very long time. Nor does anyone ask him what it is. <laughs> Like, he just says human fireworks, and we are left to assume that either everybody else already knows that Sasuke is a huge fireworks nerd and is assuming he's dropping some industry term and they're too embarrassed to ask him about it, or that the concept of human fireworks is pre-extant in the world of Ninja Sentai Kaku Ranger. I mean, either one of either which I'm frankly fine with. Yeah. So we go from there to Skull Castle, 
And we see now, an interior as shot a, of the throne room. As a reminder, Skull Castle is flying in a giant stone skull with big bat wings. Oh, yeah, yeah, in yeah. In case you're and not watching along. In the When Skull Castle first showed up, I think we said, like, Skull Castle, I think, must actually be pretty small because we saw Daimu standing in the open mouth of this flying skull with bat wings. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, that must be like a weird, pers- like, you know, they just jacked up the camera or like they didn't think about it or something. There's no way this red Skull Castle is actually that small. What we see from an interior shot and like the throne room is in the mouth and it turns out it actually is not that big. Yeah. Like the Flying Skull Castle is maybe... Now listen, for a giant mosaic Flying Skull Castle, it's pretty large. Oh, sure. I don't know that anybody else has one. I mean, it's not it's not the size of what you would think of as a giant castle, but it's very big for like a cool a flying skull. A skull that you live in? Yeah. So it's, you know, so we get the idea. It's probably like 20, 30 feet tall and then, you know, probably like 60 feet wide. Which, again, is bigger than any skull, flying skull throne room that I own. So I don't have too much space to throw shade. Right. Um, so, so Kasha is in there. And he, he, he has one of the kinds of yokai plans that I love. Because, like, he's an independent actor, right? Like, Daimao did not tell him to go out and do this. Yeah, and this is 100% Kasha from the top down. He has got one of the yokai plans that I love the absolute most. Because like he's an independent actor, right? He's not being told to do this by Daimao. He just right. had a thought and said, "Oh, this is what I'm gonna do." He's not this trying. This is to, amazing. He's not trying to destroy the world. He's honestly not even necessarily prioritizing killing the Kaka Rangers. He just thinks, like in the same way that the Minotaur gunman really wanted to make a theme park, and that the dancing umbrella lady just wanted to like get some people together to dance for Daimao's birthday. Kasha is like, well, Damao is about to win, um, but he's sort of down in the dumps because he had this whole, like, recent semi-failure. So I'm going to cheer him up by shooting a bunch of fireworks. And what is better than fireworks with people inside of them? Right. Like, that's just the absolute best version of fireworks if you're a yokai, I guess. But it turns out he's not wrong. Because Daimau loves this plan. He's super into it. And then at some point in, in here, it kind of melds like, oh, yeah, and I'll put the Cocker Rangers in there as well. So, you know, sort of two birds with one stone. Right. He says, we'll kill the Cocker Rangers, which genuinely... Daimau it seems like seems such an afterthought. Right. He digs it, but he's... That's really... He does just want to see these super cool fireworks. So, we cut back out of Skull Castle, and Sasuke is running around with Nozomi, like, trying to find the spot where she last saw her grandfather, so that Sasuke can sort of, like, pick up the trail and try to find him. Yeah, it doesn't say how long ago they parted ways. It seems like a while, so... This isn't... I mean, I guess you just start with the best thing you've got. But it's like, yeah, this is where I last saw my grandfather a month and a half ago. Let's just roll from here. Uh, but it turns out that Kasha just shows up. Yeah, and like Sasuke and Kasha sort of like see each other and have a moment of like, okay, like I acknowledge that this is the person that I'm looking for, but I'm not going to act on it. And yeah, like, there's a neat little standoff. Like Kasha they... is walking down the stairs as Sasuke is walking up the stairs. And then they get to the point where like they're standing next to each other, but looking past each other. You know what I mean? 
Yes. And it's a, then I, forget, I love any time like that. It's really, really good. And then they both like turn and start fighting. It's it's super cool. Uh, it's Kasha a neat fight. It lasts for like two seconds, but like it's, it's on yeah. the stairs. It's very cool looking. Because Kasha like just one shot Sasuke. He or he, like he doesn't take him out, but he does. He does enough to get him out of the fight long enough for Kasha to do what he wants. And what he wants oh, no. is to like Wait. tie him up and bring him back to the warehouse. I was gonna say I'm actually I'm wrong. He does. He knocks him out because he has him back at the warehouse. So our next shot there is we see Sasuke. He's tied up in the factory. But Kasha did not take his Doron changer. Right. And so Sasuke is able to activate it, not enough to like transform, but enough to like send out a homing beacon to the other Kaku Ranger. So Kasha walks over, sees that he's awake, and he's like, oh, good, you're awake. Now I can reveal to you my evil plan. Like he was waiting for Sasuke. Classic villain move. Cla- yeah. So it turns out Kasha was. At some point in the indeterminate past, Captain America style sealed under the Arctic ice. Right. So he was not Captain America style for his crimes. Right. That's why Kasha was sealed under the ice. But yeah, so he's like this dangerous arsonist yokai. And so when he was captured, they sealed him in ice and like sort of entombed him up in like the Arctic circle. Which I guess if you're trying to imprison a fire guy, that's a good spot to I actually didn't think about this. I thought it was just like, whatever, they just sealed them under Arctic ice. But if you were dealing with a fire monster, that would be a really good place. Yeah, no, I thought it was very cool. To imprison him. That's pretty clever. So like he's, but he's he's apparently conscious the whole time right. that he's trapped in this ice. But he's facing up and like looking up at the sky the whole time. And while yeah. he is up there, like the northern lights happens and he sees the northern lights and says, like, oh my gosh, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Like, these bright flashing lights up above in, like, the cold winter sky. Like, this is true beauty. I need to, like, recreate this someday. Somehow. And so this is why he's got... uh, He's so into the idea of shooting fireworks up into the winter sky, specifically. And listen, like, sure, he's an arsonist murderer who's about to, like, blow up 100 children. Or, like, 99 children plus Sasuke. Mm-hmm. But I do kind of appreciate that he has like this be- like this vision of beauty that like inspires an artistic endeavor. Like that's listen, if you're gonna learn one thing from Kasha, don't learn kidnapping. Kidnapping is bad. Don't learn arson. Yeah. Arson is also soups bad. What you should learn is, you know, just going you know, like, seeing a beautiful let thing. Let your art be inspired by nature. Exactly. Right. So Kasha is super jazzed about all of this. So uh Ginjiro, uh, Ginjiro and Nozomi kind of show up and there's a little back and forth and it is revealed that Kasha actually was the dude who started the fire in Ganjiro's factory in order to like manipulate Ganjiro to feeling desperate enough to come work for Kasha. Right. Because when Kasha had um, approached him originally, he was like, oh, I will help you make fireworks again. And he thought that this was going to be like his first step to getting his factory back. Yeah, so Sasuke is furious about this. I mean, everybody's furious. Gendro's like, how could you do that? Like, my son died. <laughs> this is, which is, they, it's kind of like a quick line. Yeah, they really kind of gloss over it. But like, his son did super die. 100% die. So, but Sasuke's furious. Kasha punches Sasuke. And then Kasha hits all of them, well, all of his kidnapped victims 
with just like a beam from his chest that shrinks them all and turns them into dolls. But like very tiny dolls. So small enough to fit in a firework. Yeah. This is what a human firework is. It it's seems, literally a firework containing a human. I feel like this is a power, unless this is like a once ever power that, that Kasha has. Like, I feel like he probably could have been using this this shrinky beam way earlier. Like, why was that not his gimmick? Why wasn't he was like say, the like, shrinky that's a, dude? That's like a one shot kill, man. That's just done. Because they, they're not like very small. They are immobile as well. They are and a so non-articulated Gendro, figure. Right, and so Kasha says, listen, you're going to make these fireworks for me, or I will kill your granddaughter. So Genjiro is like, all right, fine, I'll do it. So we go to Genjiro. He's making fireworks, but he's very, very sad. And he's packing, like, the, the little figurines into it. By the way, I do love that the Sasuke figurine has been, like, lovingly painted to be wearing his ridiculous outfit. Yeah, no, they, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty faithful likeness. So he finishes making the fireworks. Kasha reveals... Obviously, that he is going to kill them anyways. He says, but I tell you what, why don't you come outside and see the fireworks before I murder you horribly? So the fireworks show, we, we get some clips of uh, Dora Dora's loading fireworks into like the launching tubes. And Kasha says, the fireworks show is ready. Now, there's a weird thing right here, by the way, where they're doing it's this all odd. in the middle of the day. And then as soon as Kasha says the fireworks show is ready, it becomes nighttime. Yes. So... So he also has the power to change the sky. Well, him and Maria, right? It's a... Anyways. So nice the rangers callback. arrive. Yeah, thanks. So the rangers arrive just as Kasha has lit the fuse for this incredible fireworks display. Okay. The rangers are trying to get to the fireworks to stop the fuse. Kasha, of course, is trying to stop them. They do not make it in time. The fireworks all go off. Kasha's thrilled. He says, that was amazing. I, and I've killed all these people, including one of the Kaka rangers. I'm sure Daimao is going to be thrilled. We got a nice show. Right. Like, everything's cool. And then, in an amazing moment you get so, the second coolest shot of this of this episode i would say yeah so it's still nighttime right like at least yes. local to this spot it is still nighttime but everything is sort of like there are bright lights places and so there's all the fog and smoke from where they had shot off the fireworks and through and there's like lights behind the fog so it's sort of like glowing white and through that smoke Sasuke starts walking through, like laughing, like super derisively at Kasha. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh, and then the smoke like clears. Or I'm sorry, we actually get a shot of the fireworks and the lights <laughs> oh, of the yes. fireworks spell out idiot. Yeah, like they are not kidding around in like clowning on this dude. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty fantastic. So we find out, and I love it when this stuff happens because, like, the Kaka Rangers are ninjas. They should have, like, sneaky plans sometimes. And this is an instance in which they do. Yes. So they say, he's like, how did you possibly do this? I, you were trapped, and I saw you get into the, be put into the firework. And they say, well, listen, 
here's what actually happened, you big dumb dummy. I let Sasuke says, I let myself get captured so that I could find out where you were holed up. And then the rest, like I activated my Doron charger. The rest of the Rangers snuck in, knocked out the guards, replaced the other fireworks with just plain old fireworks, got everybody out, let you be distracted by the fireworks display. And now we're going to kill you. They do not address how they unshrunk. Yeah, that is everyone. That is one hundred percent glossed over. You just have to assume because I was watching this episode with uh, Katie, and she was saying like, "Well, how did they get big again?" I was like, "I don't know, man. They got ninja magic. Like, it's fine. They don't just, worry about yeah, it." Yeah, just I, yep. And so they reverse the shrinking. Oh, and it's daytime again, by the way. Yes. And so they reverse the shrinking, and then they then Kasha just says, "All right, fine. Well, now I'm going to kill you." So he's got a super rad move, actually. He's got a blazing wheel, well, blazing... which is like a giant mm-hmm. spoked wheel with like fiery blades on the outside. These sort of like... like blades that are shaped to look like fire. And he sort of like bowls it at people, like throws yeah, it like well, a bowling Yeah, well, he sets ball. it on fire and launches it. It's actually a lot like uh, Saruder Cutter, whatever. Yeah, yeah, that... yeah. But it's on fire. So that's neat. Jiraiya pulls like the the a rad like burrowing move because he's the earth ninja he like burrows underground and then he jumps out and he's got like kind of a toad stance and he attacks Gasha from there so that's pretty cool uh Surihime Sur- does yeah oh yeah Surihime does like the like she makes an or- origami crane and then like a bunch of origami cranes fly at Kasha and then they all explode yeah and then uh Sasuke does lightning cut so that's kind of it for human-sized Kasha see he uses gigantism and then we get an actual fight for a minute. Yeah, like one that we kind of haven't gotten for a while. Yeah, Kasha, man, he like gets off a couple shots with Flaming Wheel. I mean, they obviously, they form Kakurei Daishogun. And, but, you know, they're like punching back and forth. Kasha gets in one or two shots. Uh, Ninja Man arrives. First time actually, that we have seen him the entire episode. Yeah, he just flies in on the cloud. And he also gets in. He fights with his sword for a minute. Before, of course, uh, Kasha hits him, calls him a novice, and then he rages out. I was thinking about this. Does Ninja Man, does he have, like, concerns about his own capacity to control his rage, like Bruce Banner Hulk style? Like, does he just, does anybody who calls him a novice at all just get rage bombered. You mean like if someone just accidentally calls him a novice? Like, oh, yeah. Like, like say Ninja Man. Let's Maybe say he's learning something new. Yeah, like let's. And he's in driver's ed or something. He's been in right. a bottle for a thousand years. So now he's learning how to drive a car. And so it's like, okay, well, you know, what sort of level are you? Would you say you're like an experienced driver, or would you say that you're more of like an I don't know, perhaps a novice? And then immediately he grows giant, turns into a samurai, and throws an explosion at him. I, I, yeah, I just say. <laughs> I just love the idea of Ninja Man in Driver's Ed. Yeah, but they never, like, Ninja Man, see someone, man. You have, it's concerning. So, I mean, they, it, it uh, does work out for him in this instance because he totally right, blows up, does. like, he blows up Kasha and then Kakare Dai Shogun, like, Iron Fist finisher punches him. What happens next is very strange because Kasha doesn't just like explode or fall down and explode. Kasha like flies into the air, 
lands in a giant tube. A fuse goes into that tube, and Kasha, who I think is still giant at this point, launches up into the air as a human firework himself. Yes. And then there's like a floaty flag thing that says fireworks in winter are the best. So you get and to, then that's the end of it. You him. get to be reminded in his moment of death of his one redeeming factor, which is that like he really was into like this one beautiful like moment of nature. Yeah, this we I don't quite get like the yokai final quote trope. That's not a trope, but like thing that they do. I just don't get it. So uh we get to the end and we, uh, Sasuke has reunited I say the whole team. The whole team has, but really, it's Sasuke. He's the one who's super excited. He has united mm-hmm. Gojiro with Nozomi, and he's like, "Now that everything is great, you can you can get back to making fireworks, though, right?" Seriously, just go go do it. Go do it right now. And we get to say, like, we very much get the idea that this was not an entirely altruistic mission on Sasuke's <laughs> part. Like, he was definitely into it because he was trying to help this child, like, get reunited with her grandfather, but. You know, he put in some extra hours. Like, he worked a little overtime on this mission. Right, he really wanted to get this one done. And then that's, uh, everybody's happy, and I guess he's just gonna go make more fireworks. So that is it for the episode, Dave. But it is not it for our episode. Because before we finish up here, we need to determine how Kasha fares in the Creature Royale. Okay, I dig this guy. I like him a lot. He's got a great look. I love his plan like, in the same way that like I, as we talked about, I love those other plans that are just about not killing everyone mm-hmm. and, and ruling the world. Just kind of saying, no, I'm just really into this. Okay. So I, like, I want to do this like one weird particular thing. So our highest ranked version of that is Ushioni, the yokai rifleman, the like minotaur yes. cowboy dude. And then the... What's another good version of that so we can sort of put a... Put well, a it's, the, floor it's the umbrella. This. It's the umbrella one, and she is at spot. She's a good deal lower, isn't she? Yeah, she's at spot 49 because hers is not quite as... I mean, so that's a pretty big spread, man. So, like, literally right in the middle of there is... Um, Bakugi the illusionist, Omukade the football centipede, like some Iron Mask Choryu, kind of in that zone. Okay, so the football centipede was also Santa Claus, so he gets a lot of points for that. It's that's big. Um, Bakugi the illusionist is pretty rad too, though. Bakuki the Illusionist. Oh, yeah. Is the he like the cool. Final Fantasy looking monster? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And then just below that is this Flying Sickle Weasel, the Shooting Doji Brothers, Kyukagon, the Disease Monster. Okay. I, okay. Shooting Sickle Weasel is my Umibozu, I think. No, Bakuki. Uh, Bakuki is my floor for this one. I like him better than Bakuki, definitely. Okay. Well, I, I was actually going to say my floor was the uh, Kamaitachi, the sickle weasel. So I'm actually, I'm pretty comfortable with looking around that era. If you don't want him any lower than Bakuki, I'm not sure that I want him any higher than Omukade, the football centipede Santa Claus dude. Yeah, I'm actually pretty cool with that. Because above football centipede, we get into Ninja Monkey and then perennial favorite Iron Mask Choryu from Die Ranger. Yeah. Okay. Like so- Mystic Chinese 
Darth Vader. So, so why don't we drop him right in between Omukade and Bakuki, which places him... Well, do we like him more or less than Umibozu, the weird navy monster? I like him more than Umibozu. Same here. Glad to hear it. Okay, so... Oh, that's right. We're putting him in between Umibozu and Bakuki. Yeah. Yeah, so that places him in at slot number... What is that? 27 on the list? That it is. And the list, just for reference, is... 78 entries. Do we gotta do another... I know we're pressed for time. We got to do another Creature Royale special. We'll get to it sometime. You know, let's try to maybe do it uh, when we finish Cocker Ranger. Because I don't... Yeah, I'd be into that. We're getting near so to the end of Cocker that, Ranger. Guys. So I don't want to take any more breaks because we've had to like have a couple of detours this season. So let's finish yeah. Cocker Ranger and then we'll do a Creature Royale in between that and the beginning of season four, which will be um, O-Ranger. Yeah, coming up pretty soon. Looking forward to it. But that is a an episode for another couple of months, Matt. Another day? Yes. But for another now, time. today, that, once again, we've made it to the end of another episode, folks. I thank you for joining us. No, I'm just kidding. I wanted to do the regular outro. It's going to do it for another episode of You to a Kaka Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you that you can email the show at supersentibrothers at gmail.com. You want to get any other updates on future episodes or check out what we are talking about on Twitter? We are at Super Sentai Bros. If you like the show, and I really hope that you do, please remember, shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Please rate, review, subscribe on there. That's what's going to help new people find the show. Tell a friend, tell a foe, tell a loved one, tell a hated one. <laughs> It's a weird term, Matt. <laughs> um, uh, Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. To get any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can find them all at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Once again, we're the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we will see you next week for the greatest show on Earth. Calculator.